the college football experience, Cincinnati Bearcats at the Notre Dame Fighting Irish game preview on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport. WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a thousand dollar risk free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com. That's W Y N N bet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. We're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free to play fantasy betting contest. Every week, there's a free $350. NFL contest in a free $250 contest. Just head to oddscrowd.com to sign up. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app. Your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Grab that SGPN app for free in the App Store or Google Play Store today. This is Jerry Glanville, and you're listening to SGPN. Let it ride, brother. Welcome, welcome to the college football experience. Cincinnati Bearcats at the Notre Dame Fighting Irish betting preview episode. My name is Colby Swinging Dan Base Dan, aka Pick Dundee. That's not a pick. This is a pick, and you better believe we are picking this game. We got the the group of five Cinderella. We got the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who I am on the I was on the money line a week ago. I also ha- have them over eight wins on the regular season or eight. I think it was eight, eight and a half. One of the two got to check that ticket again, but I want to welcome on our guests. This guy, absolutely. I mean, this guy's hailing from South Bend, Indiana, just a true legend, true DJ. I love the guy. All right. Give it up for Kelly Garvey, AKA the pro coming into town. How are you, Kelly? Doing great, man. Pleasure to be here. Very humble. And you're a diehard Notre Dame fan, right? So, so walk yeah, me walk know, me through it that. What happens when you're a, when you're a stubborn Mick like me? Your name's <laughs> Kelly Murphy Garvey. You got no choice. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so, so walk me through that. You just grew up in South Bend, and just uh... yeah, you know, I, I I grew up in South Bend. I did all the bullshit. You know, my father he was he was there. He was a he was a part time dad, but when he was around, you know, my dad was such a hard diehard Mick. Uh, can I say Mick anymore? Is that okay? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can say Mick. I was the Irish. Uh, you know, here. You're so, okay uh, to say Mick. Just know we're referring to the uh, manager in Rocky. Yeah, that and uh, you know the uh, the manager at McDonald's. So, uh, <laughs> so at, at one point, when actually it was so depressing, my father he was a uh, 
he ended up being a manager of, of malls. So he worked for Simon Property Group, which is the biggest mall company in, in the, the property group in the world. They also Mall of America, all those malls that you see around the world. If you go to a mall, you've probably been to a Simon Property. Anyways, at, when I was a young kid, actually, at one point, he lived in Ann Arbor. So when I had to go watch Rudy, I had to go to Arborland Mall. Wow. And the theater there to watch Rudy. You want to talk about a dichotomy of irony. <laughs> so, so, 19- so did you I watch Sean Aston's little sawed off ass <laughs> running down the field thinking, and by the way, that motherfucker was offside. Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent offsides. Yes. We're referring to him in the movie, Rudy against Georgia tech, which is on the schedule later in the year. But first look, I mean, yes. we got, we got, we're going to recap this Wisconsin game. We're going to talk Irish football. Because Brian Kelly, I know out the gate, people say, well, the Marcus Freeman hire at defensive coordinator after Clark Lee takes the job at Vanderbilt. Um, everyone, you know, two games in hitting that panic button because Florida state took them to overtime. They blew an 18 point lead or 17 point lead, whatever it was. And then, uh, and then the Toledo game, you know, I get it, but you're also installing a new defense. You're also breaking in a new quarterback. The ground game still isn't where it is. You got injuries on the O line, but you got the wins. And that's what Brian Kelly does. In my opinion, uh, I was mentioning this with the stack of the money green and Ryan that, uh, that uh, you know, no, Brian Kelly outside of his playoff six, you know, uh, games, essentially he has a great way to like, to me, his, his teams always dictate the pace of the game. I, I, I won't be saying something right quick. It pisses me off because like for so many years I could sit there and tell Colby that he's wrong. What really pisses me off? He picks the one fucking year mm. where, you know, mm. what Brian, he says, Brian Kelly's really good quarterbacks. I could tell you before this year, there's so many instances where he's not, but this one instance this year, we've got three quarterbacks that have all performed up to standard. I can't argue. Uh, well, I, and I'll go back to like the argue. central Michigan days or the Cincinnati days where I thought like, no, I mean, there's other examples though, where I could say he didn't live up to that part, but and I told you that on Facebook, on uh, Twitter. I'm sorry, yeah, before, I, I, but, I, I, but I you remember. Were yeah. Absolutely, especially and showing up. You know, the landmark would be you know at, with a hammy on on uh, on on Tyler not being able to perform. Tyler Buckner being out with a hammy. You, you see the third guy, which I knew he was a gamer. I just didn't know he performed like that with, with Drew Pine. But you're absolutely right. I mean, there's nothing I can now say. So once again, the database. Yes. I mean, that's not a pick. This is a pick, right? We were both on the Irish beating Wisconsin though. (laughs) All right. Yeah. You won. No, but you were, you were on, you were on Notre Dame. I know, but you were, you were right this time. He's he's, uh, post 2016. Hey, you know what? You said it the other day. It's amazing when you get rid of Brian Van Gorder. Isn't that true? That's truth. It's amazing he was even hired at an institution like Notre Dame. I, hey, I, I'm, Scott Luffler loves you now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, seriously. Uh, we're referring to Brian Van Gorder, Bowling Green's defensive coordinator for the past few years. Current, uh, current, current defensive coordinator in some obscure high school, whether like three or two and three or three and two in Alabama. Yeah, he's dying in an abyss. Yeah, yeah. I loved it. He called out Paul Johnson for the triple option, and Paul Johnson ran for like a thousand yards. Pushed in. Yes. Yes. Pushed in. Okay, so dude, let's get to this though. I mean, right now, Jack Cohn is penciled in as the starter. Or, I mean, from what I understand, the depth chart. Obviously, he went down with an injury. Glad to see that uh, you know X rays came back negative here. But Drew Pine played great. 
Oh, uh, gamer. Six and of eight. And the whole thing with him. Yeah. You know, here we can talk about a guy that is, you know, I don't know if he's got as strong an arm as even Ian Book. He might even have as strong as arm as, as Jack Cohn. But I'll tell you what, he's not, he's good at everything, but he's not great at anything. And that's what makes him an elite 11 quarterback in that 2020 class. And that's why you saw him in that class. And that's why when he went to that camp, he, 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 he performed top five, top six. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a kid that is, you know, from West Canaan, Connecticut. He, like I said, he's not going to wow you with anything, but I'll tell you what, when the game's on the line, two times state champion, and you know what? He, huh, when his name was called, you know, he's not been a part of that. Uh, you know, they, they used Tyler Buckner as the, uh, I guess the two quarterback system to use him in and get him some reps. because they know he's the future, but he's been stuck in that two spot, which would they be using the one and three, but now here he is got a shot through for like 81 yards. You know, he took a couple, he took one sack, I think, but, could move the pocket better. He didn't scramble, get happy feet. He did his thing. Yeah, I mean, uh, considering he was like penciled in as the third string quarterback, I mean, I mean, what else could you call him but a gamer? Uh, there, I mean, and there's not many. Th- I mean, maybe the Cardell Jones angle would be the only one that comes to mind of like a third. Oh, string how about shades of 2009 Cincinnati with Tony Pike and Zach Calaris? There you, know? you go. There you there go. You so I mean, yeah. so wait, do you have any? Do you believe it's going to be Cone that's starting this game against Cincinnati? Um, I think if he's healthy, he will start the game out. I think if shit hits the fan, that you're going to see a little bit of. Oh, I mean, it, it, now it's said that we're going off Brian Kelly. So listen, Brian Kelly, I'll tell you, as, as, as a guy that's followed this guy day one, he's this consummate politician. So if what he's saying is true, yeah, he will start. I think that Buckner will definitely get involved. Don't be surprised if shit hits the fan that this kid comes back in and you know throws a little magic out there. Yeah, I mean, and I guess the, the besides that, I that would not shock me one bit. But uh, uh, we're running the ball. This is what has been kind of a shock to me. I know they're banged up on the O line. Notre Dame has been, but yeah, but it's at, <laughs> yeah, but keep going. No, no, no. But but I'm saying like running the ball was kind of the for you know this is what they were known for over the past year or two. I feel like. Um, yeah. Uh, and now it's kind of in the opposite. I mean, Kyron Williams just uh, 244 yards on the season rushing. Um, and he's gotten every one of those fucking yards. Let me tell you, he's a great running back to me. Like he's, he's an, N- he's an NFL them. running well, it's back. Chris Kyrie. Yeah. yeah, I mean, right now you've got a what you've got is yeah. It's nice to see Kane Madden as your as your right guard uh, as an All American at, at, at Marshall where they where they run the ball. Well, you have to pass protect here in the rest of the world. And what you have right now is. Uh, yeah, I don't know. A lot of teams are going to be great with their third or fourth string uh, left tackle, but that doesn't explain the rest of it. And you know what? I, I, a lot of people want to put Harry. Uh, listen, this is just the the fan base of Notre Dame, and if you're out there, go fuck yourself. This is on <laughs> Jeff Quinn. This is a big, big problem. And I'm telling you, for the long term, it's something you need to watch. Do if you have some of these some of these lines that come out in the future. When Notre Dame does win, or if they win this game, you definitely need to keep your eye on the overvalue. I, I really believe that. I think that this is a big problem. Yeah, and I mean, look going forward. I mean, I'm saying if they don't get that ground game going, like take that uh, Virginia Tech game. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself here. No, you're not. Um, you're you know, I do believe Virginia Tech will have the defensive backs and uh, to 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 play with the wide receivers and and even Mayer may, may the tight end. Um, hey, even a guy, even a guy like Kramer's favorite, Justin Puente, can can be. <laughs> yeah, I mean Notre Dame is. I mean sh- he has though. He's 2016. It was a shit year, but you know what? Justin Puente's got a win over Brian Kelly, so there you go. Uh, and and 
Notre Dame charting at 123rd out of 130 teams at running the football. And How about this? How about this? They are second to last next to Akron with protecting the quarterback on sacks. Oof. They've lo- they, they've allowed more sacks than anybody but Akron. Oof. I mean, and and when you look I mean, at, went, I mean, I love our good coach. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I, I mean, mean that, that that's a pretty damning stat right there. But then, I mean, if you're if you're talking about a playoff team. I mean, if you have that pick in for, for over eight and a half wins, yeah, be cautious because if that shit doesn't improve, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, what right now, what four? No, I'll take it all day. This is, uh, but but it yeah, is but interesting. That's an outlier. Yeah. Mean, that's your your defense definitely made that happen. So, yeah, a hundred percent. We'll get there, but yeah. So so, but then there's the whole angle. Kyron Williams, obviously NFL style back. I think he's ready to be in the NFL. Tyree can play oh, too. He's, he's your consummate yeah. hybrid, right? Yeah, love the he's way your Austin Eckler. Love the way sure. he picks up the blitz. Been saying that for years now. Uh, oh yeah, last he's year your Austin Eckler for sure. Yeah, uh, receiving the ball. Uh, you know, your receivers are starting to come to life. I feel like you know that was an inexperienced spot. I feel like coming into the year, Kevin Austin Jr., Avery Davis, uh, Braden Lindsey. Those guys are starting to come to life. I feel like a little bit. What do you what do you make yeah. of the receivers? Yeah, you know what? Let's well, okay. First of all, I don't know. If, I don't know if Avery if he probably didn't lose the podcast, but Avery Davis. So here's a kid that came in from Texas, um, came in as a freshman as a quarterback, got moved to cornerback, got moved to wide receiver, uh, running back, and got moved to cornerback, got moved back to wide receiver Damn. and running back. He's been moved all around, and you know what? He's the antithesis of the 2021 pussy. That we call the ex was that Charlie Brewer and that motherfucker from Ohio State that quit. <laughs> these other fuckers that quit. Yeah. So hey, Bailey Hockman. What fucking yeah. audio you have? But do- double down that motherfucker for Avery Davis. <laughs> that is a motherfucker. The antithesis of the 2021 player. This kid is a gamer. And you know what's funny? Against what was it? Again, I think it was against Toledo. He threw a two point conversion pass for a touchdown. Little so he went back to his origins. Little you know Philly I mean? special. Oh yeah, on the two point conversion. So look, look, that's great. It's great that uh, you know you got guys like uh, I think Joe Wilkins. You know Joe Wilkins is another. Guy. Joe Wilkins probably is the best guy to get out of press coverage. You know what? Not a big Dell Alexander fan as the wide receiver coach. We, I got a lot of problems with the way I think right now we we've seen a lot of wide receivers out talent guys. Um, never been a fan of him. He does well with Miles Boykin and, and uh, Chase Claypool when he's when other people have had him for a while and he can slowly develop them. But I think the bigger problem right now is the physicality on the outside and getting out of press coverage. But on top of that, the biggest thing is you see a guy like Joe Co- Joe uh, Jack Cohn struggling with the pocket collapsing upon him. Yeah, and, you know, the, 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 the tackle. And it's it, evident when you watch out. it. It's evident when oh, you watch him. Yeah. It's, it's, it's brutal to watch. You're, you're seeing, you're seeing guys with poor technique, taking poor angles, um, getting pushed back uh, instead of they're on ice skates. You, you see guys, instead of pushing forward and punching, you're seeing guys, you know, trying to lean on guys. And it's, it's very clear that we got guys in there that are just not developed and they're, they're not ready, ready to be in there. And uh, it's going to be, it's look, I'm not saying Notre Dame is a paper tiger, but I'm, I'm saying that you've got to be weird about that. Definitely. And, and uh, I think one of the biggest storylines of this game, before I break down the Bearcats is Marcus Freeman. 
Marcus Freeman, defensive yeah. coordinator. And in case you didn't know, audience out there, Marcus Freeman is Notre Dame's defensive coordinator. He was at Cincinnati last year. One of the reasons why I like the handicap that I'm going to go with is because he's practiced against Desmond Ritter for the past couple years. So um, uh, I think that's a big factor in this game. And I think Notre Dame's getting more comfortable uh, with Marcus Freeman as their DC starting everyone's starting to know their role. Uh, I feel like a uh, week one, week two, you know, everyone was coming saying, Oh, he gives up the big play, this and that. Well, you're installing a brand new defense. It's different. It's a lot different. He, he gambles a lot more. So um, wh- what do you make of uh, Marcus Freeman so far? And what do you well, think? I think there, there's a lot. I'm glad you brought that up. I think it's a great point. The other part about this, the other caveat is we have Tommy Reese as the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Who was his uh, offensive coordinator at uh, Notre Dame? Who was his offensive coordinator? Mike Denbrock. Who's he at? Oh yeah. He's uh, what he's at, the offensive coordinator yeah, at? at Cincinnati, right? There we go. Yeah. So now we have a wash here. There we go. That's so that, that's funny. Cause that, I completely forgot about Notre that. Baby. It's a very incestual Midwest thing here. That's what we do in the Amish country. So <laughs> So, so the Bearcats though, Desmond Ritter, you know, he's having a solid season thus far, completing 65% of his passes, nine yards of completion, seven TDs, two picks. But I guess the, 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 the thing yeah, I, I mean, say here is we're talking about a guy, you know, he's 50, he's 54 for 83, 748, seven, so, you know, seven TDs, seven duddies, two interceptions, five sacks. But so the, they, they haven't played, like the, uh, but they like haven't the played great competition really yet. They haven't, you know? but he's a lot fresher than the Notre Dame quarterbacks. You, you got to talk about this. I mean, listen, Jack Cohn, he's been hit more than almost any other court other than one team. He he's been hit more than anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. And that matters. Like, you know, Jerome Ford is, you know, he's 50 for 300. He's six yards of carry right now. For, He's for, a beast uh, running back. He's killing it. They're not missing a beat from going from not Dokes to Ford. Yeah. And, and even the receivers, you know, I, I feel like the receivers have been solid thus far. I mean, Michael young was, the, was a force in, a year in ago. The Kelly area in the Kelly era who called play calls. I know it was a shit year, but 2014, 2015, that was, that was Mike Denbrock. He was calling Deshaun Kaiser in, in, in he, when, when uh, every Golson came back in 2014, and they were lighting them up. Yeah, the problem wasn't, I mean, it wasn't the offense. It's that motherfucker, Brian Van Gorder. I mean, it's come on. Yeah. So, you know, we have, you know, they had some injuries. They had that uh, awful, awful pit call against, uh, you know, uh, when Corey Robinson caught that touch that they called a pick on, on CJ Prosize. Yeah, I remember. State. Yeah, that was Yeah, wild. you remember that. Of course you yeah. do, you motherfucker. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, you ACC motherfuckers. Oh. Uh, me, I'm not, I'm not a fucking ACC guy. What are you no, talking about? Hang yeah. around him. That's good yeah. enough for me. <laughs> well, how about you join the fucking conference then? Huh? Right. Uh, Shit. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, come yeah, on, yeah, you yeah, guys yeah. are independent, just sitting there that. fucking around complaining <laughs> that you have five teams that have back to back away or that, that, that have bye weeks before you. Oh, dude, it's six this year. Oh, whatever. Seven. You don't even play back to back away games. You don't play a conference championship. All right. I mean, look, I, I, you get that New Mexico State treatment. That's what it. I'm saying, man. Fucking. Dude, New Mexico State, by the by, New Mexico State plays Hawaii at home and they got to go to Hawaii. Oh, I love man. it. Love it. Great. I love it, too. I love the way they do. I love that Liberty shit when they played like three New Mexico teams. It was two of them. That, the was, hilarious. that, that was, was hilarious. That was absolutely you know? fucking hilarious. Uh, dude, this is why you guys need to uh, subscribe to the podcast. This is the greatest podcast on earth, by the way. Dude. Dan- database. I- okay. <laughs> I'm going to leave a pause to add the uh, sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> 
I appreciate the love, brother. But look, Cincinnati's got the fiftieth no, sure. best offense in the country currently. Um, I think that's even an outlier because they haven't played that much comp. Like, I mean, okay, Indiana's defense is Tom Allen's defense is actually solid, regardless of Indiana being a good and team. His or not. offense is amazing. Like, guys, he's a, he's a, that's a stud coach. He is a good coach. Now, now, what do you make? Like, this is a game that the line is sitting there right now at at Cincinnati minus two. I'll be the first to tell you, I was a little shocked. No, see people. You know what's funny is they they started at plus one, and I thought to my you know a lot of people thought, oh Notre Dame should be minus seven. I'm like, whoa, pump the brakes, guys. You're watching an outlier of what you just saw. So okay, I try to tell this to people when you watch a, a, a game and you see a team a team one team were played the other team ten times, what would be the outcome? What you saw Saturday with Notre Dame and Wisconsin was the absolute worst case scenario for Wisconsin. It was absolutely the worst case scenario. Hundred percent, hundred percent. That kick return was everything. Quarterback yeah. playing quarterback. Now, just because dipshit hillbilly Paul Chris doesn't know what a fucking quarterback is, yeah, that's his fault. But <laughs> that, that doesn't mean that that Luke Fickle and Mike Denbrock are going to make the same you know decision. You know, with Ritter, I mean, you. It's a legit quarterback. He's a Heisman candidate. Yeah, yeah, but I was a bit shocked to see Cincinnati favored on the road against Notre Dame because Notre Dame. I know you've heard me say this before. In my opinion, they get that Duke basketball treatment in college football, where the line, like normally, you're like, hi, the line fate, like it's kind of like the Cowboys in the NFL. The the lines, I feel like the money always comes in on them, so maybe the the lines never to me. On on where it should be, yeah. so I, I was shocked that Notre Dame's a dog here. I, what, what am I missing? It's I in South Bend. I, I think you you shouldn't be shocked. I mean, listen. Uh, uh, at the end of the day, it's funny to me. I don't know if they, if the if the, uh, if the guys in Vegas know something that I know because I do know something. I think in any any other scenario, Notre Dame should be the underdog. But the thing is, there's so much familiarity and so much incestuous shit going on here. I definitely think Notre Dame has an advantage here. A lot of it being the home cooking with being at home. I think that matters. I actually think Notre Dame does definitely pulls this off. I think if, if anything, if you're going to get the plus 120 or plus 110, it's free money. There's no sprinkling. There's going all in. I think that Notre Dame will end up being a 10 win team this season, at least in the regular season. And I think if they slip up, it's not going to be this weekend. I agree. Look, I am on Notre Dame and the money line play right now, currently plus 115. There you go. Um, I, I think Notre Dame's going to get it done. Brian Kelly always great at dictating the pace of a game. I, I don't know how he does it, minus the and playoff you know what? games. I hate to say, it, yeah. fucking dickhead over here. He called it. He, we, he knows his quarterbacks now. Apparently, there we go. There's the one time that I was like ready to kill Brian Kelly, and, and you know what? I got to give it to him. Yeah, he was fine. Everyone showed up. Like you know, you're right. Always. Let me ask you this one: the the over unders at 51. Where do you lean there? You know what? That's going to depend on the defense. I think that you know what? I, I'm not a guy that you know, I'm kind of like Ryan here. I don't like points. But if I had to do it, I would go. I, I actually, you know what? I stay away. I just don't even do it. I really don't. If I, I forced you to take a side on that, if, I'm, if you're if you're leaning my hand, I'm going 24, 21. Stay away from it. Go under. Interesting. Interesting. And then it's just because I think the defenses on both sides are sound. I definitely think the defenses are more sound on the Notre Dame side. And unless Notre Dame can force turnovers for touchdowns, by the way, how, I mean, come on, how, how much, how you can't rely on a defense to continue to do that week in and week out. I mean, unless you're Iowa, apparently, but 
everyone. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's no way. I think the key for the Irish to win this game is uh, obviously dictating the pace of the game and, and, and who's in control, which 